Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Love, sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. I am TJ Jackson, and thank you for joining us, or I should say thank you for joining me. Taj couldn't make today's show, um, so it's just me today. But I do have a, a special, special guest. Um, but before I get into that, I will like to say that I'm live right now on the Power of Love show on Facebook and YouTube. Um, Remember, I am not a licensed therapist. We, I am just an ordinary person who has experienced loss in my life. I've learned from it. Um, I've grown from it. And I like to share what I've learned uh, in an attempt to help you get through whatever it is you're going through. Uh, saying that, if you need professional help, I urge you to seek it and to find it. Do not just rely on me. Now, for those of you who watch our show or listen to the show, you know it's usually us, but I'm doing this one on my own. Um, again, I have a special guest who's going to be joining me in just a minute, um, but I always obviously have to get through the uh, disclaimer before we get started. All right, I'm going to jump right in. I'm not going to talk about my week and, and how it went and all that good stuff. Um, I have a special guest who's joining us. Uh, it's a council member of the city of Los Angeles. Now, if you guys know me, I don't know much about politics and all this works. You may be lost a bit with me. That's some of the stuff I'm going to ask our council member to kind of, you know, explain it to me how the process works, and and um, that's pretty much it. So, without further ado, let's let's welcome in council member John Lee. Uh, council member, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining uh, the Power of Love show. I I have to say, when it comes to politics, when it comes to things like that, I don't really understand much. I know we have a president. I know we have a governor. I know we have a mayor in, in the states, in each state. Um, I I could have assumed there's people in the city levels who who have to make decisions on, on how best to, I guess, uh, run a city. But I didn't know the term, and I don't I don't know you know how long they run for or, or any of the constraints or anything that's that they have to deal with. So I'm asking you, Councilmember, for any and and when we have a lot of viewers from around the world who may, may not really understand how the states work in general. So if you can, just give us a, a brief summary of what you do and the position you hold and why it's important. Okay. Well, thanks. Um, happy to do that. Uh, so as you know, we have the President of the United States, the Governor, and in our executive part of the branch of the city of Los Angeles, Mayor Garcetti is fills that sort of role. So he's sort of the head of the city. As you know, in American politics, there are checks and balances. And so we have the Senate and you know Congress up in Washington, D.C. to balance out the powers with the president. And that's what our job to do is to do here in the city of L.A. We sort of, we're the legislative body. So we make the laws, uh, the mayor enforces those laws. And uh, what we, you know, what we're responsible for is really all the different quality of life uh, issues that happen throughout your day. Like when you wake up, you flip on the power, you know, turn your lights on, that's the city. You turn on the water to brush your teeth. That water just doesn't magically get there. You know, that's, that's our responsibility. 
But when you go out, walk on your sidewalks, drive on the streets, uh, police and fire that are there to protect you, uh, sanitation, when you put out your trash, it has to go somewhere and you have to have a collection agency. When you see a stop sign, that's us. When you see a stoplight, that's us. So all your sort of daily quality of life issues is what the city oversees. And so we have um, a council made up of 15 members. So each of the members have a, a, their own district, which represents roughly around 280,000 people. And so there are, there are about a um, little over 4 million people in the city of LA. It's broken up into 15 districts. And so we're, you know, we represent those areas. So I represent the northwest part of the San Fernando Valley. Chatsworth, Granada Hills, Northridge, Porter Ranch, West Hills, um, Short Forest, little small sliver of Reseda, little small sliver of North Hills. Those are all teams I played against in Little League and have fond <laughs> memories of winning some games and losing some games. I, but I played, it, against, I played a softball against uh, some of your family members uh, back in Burbank. And the Burbank. <laughs> I love it. Um, anyway, again, thank you for joining us and thank you for explaining that. Um, let, let me ask you, because is this your first term? I saw that in August of 2019, you were elected to the board. Was it a re-election or an elect? No. So what, what happened was the council member that was here before, the uh, District 12, he decided uh, to not fulfill his full term. So okay. there was a special election. So I won that election in August of 2019. Now the normal election would have happened in March, which we just which we just had. So I was only going to be in office for a short time, and then I had to run for re-election. But lucky for me, I did win my re-election, and now I'm yes. in office for four years. Got it. That that helps explain things because I was wondering why August, and it's an odd number because I'm normally yeah. used to things happening in the in the even, even numbers. Years. So that helps explain it. So. Sure. Here's my question. You you are freshly minted into the office and then you get the coronavirus pandemic. So, you know, that has to be create in itself. You already have challenges that you, being reelected or being elected in an off term or in a special kind of way. And then sure. you get the coronavirus pandemic. How have you a been able to deal with that? And then what's been the biggest challenges for you um, in making sure everything goes as well as possible? So no one, no one expects to get elected and then all of a sudden a global pandemic, yeah. right? And, uh, but in politics, you, you, you have to understand that everything is unpredictable. And uh, it's times in crisis uh, that we are in right now is when government is supposed to step up the most, okay, to try to help people. So really in the, in the beginning, you know, we, uh, I, I can honestly say I've never been through a global pandemic before. So there is no, there's no playbook on which to go to. We had to make quick decisions on what to do. And um, those decisions were going to affect lives. And so we quickly responded because once, once, a, once something, once you decide that the numbers are great and you have to make, uh, make some changes, it's already too late. We had to act quickly and I honestly think because we acted so quickly in the city of LA and in the state of California, we really saved lives. Then that transitioned into, okay, now we have seniors who are stuck in their homes, who don't want to feel that safety. We had markets being overrun with people, you know, panic shopping. And so we had to really put in place uh, food distribution centers because then all of a sudden, you know, all the businesses started clothing. 
closed. So people had were out of jobs. Stimulus package hadn't been passed yet. So we had to figure out a way how the most efficiently raise money to try to uh, feed as many people as possible. Wow. And I commend you. Um, I commend you. It was hard enough doing it for my family and to have <laughs> the, 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 you know, the weight or the idea of having to do the best job you can to protect your areas and, and the cities you represent um, or the neighborhoods you represent is, is commendable. How did you, first of all, how did you get into politics? Is it something you always wanted to do? And um, what if someone out there wants to kind of follow your footsteps, what would you advise them to do? Well, you know what? I always say this. I had weird, um, strange Korean parents. They never wanted me to be a doctor or lawyer. They always wanted me to be in public service. And I think that's to do with their immigrant experience of coming to this country. My dad truly believed in order for me to make like true change that I needed to do it from the inside. And so my always actually pushed me when I was younger to be involved in the community, to volunteer, you know, and that sort of just grew into this passion. I've lived in my community now for 42 years. And uh, I, you know, it's my neighborhood. These are the people that raised me. These are the people, you know, that I grew up with. And uh, that just later translated into uh, not only just serving the uh, public, but really wanting to run and represent it as well. And so the biggest advice, um, I have for younger people uh, that want to get in it is to to understand what are your passions. You know, this you don't get into government to become a millionaire. Okay, mm-hmm. you have to have a passion for it. You have to have a calling for it. So if they if they truly have something that really wants to uh, pushes them to serve their community, you know, it's it's that it's that sort of wanting that sort of knows that you're on that right path. And the mm-hmm. second piece of uh, advice I always give them is that uh, nothing goes away on social media. So, uh, yeah. And you know what? That's an important piece of advice, Um, not only for public service, but I think for everything. So it's always great to be reminded of that. Absolutely. It never goes away. It never goes away. So, okay. So here's another question, especially for those who are local in Los Angeles, what's the best way for us to give back? Well, you know, there's a, there's a number of different, um, you know, charities have been set up, different, uh, even like the mayor has his own fund. Uh, I have my own, you know, I've, I've been pushing a lot of different, like, uh, for lack of a better term, philanthropists, people who, who give back to this community because they've made money in this community. So I've pushed them to, to, to give as much as they can, give until it hurts right mm-hmm. now. Because if you're not going to help now, then when? I mean, this is going to, we are going to see a whole different world once uh, this ends. We're going to see stores, people, you know, who have had to make decisions of not getting any income right now. And how do they, you know, are they going to shut their doors? It's, I'm, I'm, I'm fearful of what is going to happen. But I'm hopeful in the sense that people are going to step up and to, uh, you know, donate to those local charities uh, that are doing that that good in your communities at that local level. I mean, when when the failure of the the PPP program from the federal government in order to like 
sort of protect small businesses and make sure that they were still helping the economy. When that fell through and and we saw that majority of money went to publicly traded companies and not your yeah. mom and pop stores, we went out, partnered with uh, an organization called Change Reaction um, and raised over a million dollars to do no interest, um, long-term loans to help people like within our community to help those small little businesses everywhere. But even that money, that's not going to be enough. And uh, we're going to, we're going to, you know, make sure that you're still supporting your local, local businesses right now. And when we come out of this, I'm hopeful that people are going to, because right now I'm reaching out to people who care not so much of where they rank on some sort of list of, of their wealth. Mm-hmm. They, they care more about how much, where they rank on, how much they can give back. And it's been, it's really been really encouraging so far. What have you, um, what have you, what have you learned being in your position that you probably didn't realize maybe 10 years ago or even just a year ago, like being foot on the ground, sometimes you can see things in a different perspective. What would you share that you've learned now that you couldn't have predicted in the past? Well, you know, um, obviously these are, unique times. But one of the things that, you know, I, I was a staffer for many years. That meant I staffed uh, people on um, other elected officials. And when your name's on that door and and really in front of you, when you're voting, there's only two buttons, yes and no. Mm. There's like, well, let me explain. Let me, you know, like when yeah. yes and no button. And when you're sitting in that chair and you're about to push those buttons, just how much it weighs on you that that decision is going to make on millions of lives. And so that really, you know, being a, when you're a staff member and you're, you're advising someone, you're like, no, this is a no vote on this. And you're, you try to explain to them and then you can walk away. But when you're in position, when I go out to the community, it's no longer, well, this is why my boss did this. This is why he took this. It's why did you vote this way? John? And yeah, exactly. I, there's no, there's no, oh, I'll get back to you on that. Or like, you know, let me find out. No, you're there in front of those people and you have to answer them right then. And that, that is, you know, something you knew and you expect, but you just don't realize the pressure that that, that puts on you. Okay. So this is a generic question. I think anyone around the world can respect our, our, um, I think may, may wonder, um, Around the world, there's usually elections. There are elections for for different people, for different types of you know, for different positions in offices and different type of governments. Sure. My question to you is, what would you? And you kind of answer this, but what would you or what would you like the people to know when they when they hear a message? Is there certain type of whether it's due diligence or research? Is there a certain type of thing you would want to give us, whoever whoever we have to vote for in any election? What information would you give us? I would say that like not only just candidates, but different measures and propositions or all the different things that are on a ballot is to really take time to read some of those things. I think that in there have been some measures that have passed in uh, that once are passed, I explain to people in community meetings, you know, what it means now moving forward. And a lot of times they'll say, I don't understand. That's not what it, you know, that's, that's not how I understood it. When you see it on a commercial, you know, they're not necessarily telling you the whole truth. So right. take some time and really understand 
what it is that you're voting for and who it is that you're voting for. You know, don't, you know, too, too much in this day and age, it's red versus blue, you know, and you're on this team or you're on this team. And I'm really trying to encourage people to really take a look at each candidate and to try to understand who they are as a person. You know, it's, 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 it's become so polarized and I'm hoping that people um, stop mattering, you know, whether it's red or blue, but really just how it's truly going to affect their lives and, and their communities. And, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful yeah. that, we're, you know, moving forward that, you know, hopefully we can get the back, back to that where we can have a discussion. We may disagree, but then we can walk away still as friends for the last couple of years. It, it, it really hasn't been <laughs> too much. No, exactly. And, and hopefully, we'll get to more civil times where, like you said, we can, we can all at least have a proper discussion without mm -hmm. getting personal. Yeah. Um, one more, one more question for me. And then I'm going to ask you a couple questions from the, from the audience. And then, and then um, I'll let you get back to, to what you got to do. Um, okay. What do you feel is like the most pressing uh, situation for Los Angeles? Is it, and, and I'm going to just throw a couple out, or is there one that you want to discuss that is important to you? Um, whether it's mental health, whether it's homeless, whether it's economic business, uh, population, I don't know, traffic, pollution. Yeah, well, if you would have asked me a couple months ago, I would have said absolutely the first two things you talked about, the mental illness that we're facing and the homelessness crisis and how that has really been truly, it's the issue of our time. You know, we have too many people sleep on the streets. We have too many people die on the streets. Mm. But it's not just simply, um, it's just not a simple answer. We have a lot of people who are suffering mental illness. We have a lot of people who are suffering um, from drug addiction. And it's something that I think the state needs to invest in more. Unfortunately, because some of the laws that we've passed recently, nobody really hits rock bottom anymore. And they're never given that sort of choice for drug re rehabilitation or, you know, you know, maybe incarceration. Um, but, but now, right now, my focus is clearly on the economics of LA. Mm. I need to, I need to protect people, more people from becoming homeless. And I got to make sure that, that once this is all over, our economy gets back up and running and the jobs are still there for people. And that's, that's really, truly my, my biggest focus right now. Great. Okay. A couple of questions from our viewers. Uh, Casey Johnson wants to know what's your biggest fear as a council member? Or as a councilman? Oh, well, I, I think, you know, Casey, it, it goes back to that yes and no button is that you try to make sure that you understanding subjects and you're understanding a topic, but that uh, the fearfulness of maybe voting some way and understand down the road, not seeing certain consequences from that vote that you took. And so that is definitely, you know, something that you're always fearful to make sure. And that's why, you know, you, you you make sure you, you study and you research as much as possible because you want to make sure you understand all the implications of something you vote on. Great. Toria wants to know what is the best and worst part of this job? Well, the best part is definitely working with the community. Um, I'm a, I'm a, you know, uh, I'm a field deputy at heart. That means those are the members of my staff that go out there, work with the community on the different issues they have, or whether it be beautification projects or, or um, I really got involved with a youth center. Uh, it's uh, Devon Chappelle's 
they were a youth center that I grew up. There was an area in my neighborhood where you just didn't go because it was the highest crime, you know, um, highest gang activity. Ten years ago, we built a youth center there and we wanted to give the kids across the street uh, an opportunity um, that they may have not had before. And after 10 years, juvenile crime has gone down 40 percent in that area. We're no longer just facilitating a relationship with these kids in our community, but we're actually moving them forward with jobs, understanding about new opportunities for them. And a lot of them, you know, I'm proud to say that we have uh, two, you know, Ivy League, you know, kids that got accepted to Harvard and Brown University recently. And what a change around that that's been. So when you see things like that, when you have the ability to work on things that directly affect your community, that, that that's definitely the best part. The worst part uh, is definitely that there are, our communities are so big and we, you know, the, the community group that meets on Thursday, they don't care that you weren't, you were at a meeting on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> they want to know why you're not there on Thursday. And so unfortunately it is a demanding job and I don't, um, I don't get to spend as much time with my, with my, uh, my family <laughs> as, yes. as before that. So that's definitely the worst part. Well, and to piggyback, uh, the weird ask, do you get a lot of blame for things that you really have no control over? So Absolutely. I guess all the time, <laughs> all the time, you, you know, they don't, you know, you can, you can say, Hey, that's a state decision. Hey, that's a federal decision. And they're like, yeah, but you're our councilman and you need to, you need Fix to, this, yeah. I'm trying, you know, so, so definitely, definitely that, 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 that is, that is definitely one of the worst parts of the job. I love that. Okay. And then um, Sequoia wants to know, this will probably be our last, we have a lot of questions, but I know you have to run soon. Um, Sequoia wants to know, how do you feel about states opening while positive cases of COVID-19 are increasing? Yeah. You know, that's a very good question, Sequoia. It, it's it's going to be have to be like an incredibly thought out balance because while we need to make sure that we're saving as many lives as possible that we are. But what I see also are these uh, mom and pop stores every day that take a look and they say, well, you know, how come, you know, these, you, you know, you, you can practice social distancing, you can practice safety in, in ways where, um, you know, some of these larger stores because they have a market like a Walmart or target, but now they're allowing the other sections of the, those stores to open up, they're saying we're three months, we're going to be three months closed with zero income and I'm still going to own that rent. So it's quite, I mean, I wish um, it was an easy answer for me. I do believe we need to start moving towards it, but it has to be done in a very responsible way where we make sure that, you know, uh, you know, a decision in Arizona, we could cure it in California, but all we need is one person to, cross over that border and start it all over again. So it has to be really thought out well. Great. Okay, there was a couple of, of things I asked what the city was or what you guys are, are doing in this new time and with uh, the, you know, the pandemic. And you mentioned um, www.cd12.org. That is my, that's my website. That's my city website. So you can go up there. If you're living locally in Los Angeles, 
sign up for my newsletter. We try to give you as much current information as possible. Follow me on Facebook uh, on my council member page, council member John Lee, because um, I promise you there are a few John Lees out there. So <laughs> council member John Lee, City of Los Angeles, and you'll find my Facebook page. But um, yeah, c12.org, that's where you can find out a little bit more about me and also about some of the programs that we're running. And one of the programs, I, I, I'm sorry for my apology, but one of them is De Devonshire Pals. Yeah, that's the can youth you group that I was talking about earlier, about this, this organization that literally 10 years ago, we opened up um, in, in our most impoverished area. And it's amazing what happens when you see, when you give children um, just a little opportunity you know, and uh, to see how they grow. And, and, and it's just been definitely the one of the happiest things and most appreciative things that I've been able to do uh, in my life is to open up that youth center and see the lives that are truly changing. It's great. Um, okay. Uh, council member this. So we usually close out our show by giving our guests 30 seconds to a minute to talk about whatever they want. It could be about what they have for breakfast, what their favorite movie is, what their favorite book is, their okay. favorite place to visit. It could be about something you're doing, something that's big on your mind, something you want to promote, whatever you want. Um, are you? I should have prepped you. I, I apologize. No, I no, no, no. <laughs> Look, if you live in my district, and the biggest thing message I want to get to people is that if you live in my district, whether you're suffering for, from food insecurity or you're a business in my area that is suffering, I have ways that I can help you. So please do not hesitate to reach out to my office. And the, um, let's see, and, and on the lighter side of things, <laughs> I am a, I, I am a, uh, I have a lot of different favorite food places, but my, if you live in my area, San Carlo Deli is definitely hey. my favorite, favorite place to, favorite place to eat. They make you, they make you feel like, um, they make you feel like you're at home whenever you go to that deli. Uh, and uh, a little known, um, unknown fact, I went to junior high school with Mayor Eric Garcetti and we were really uh, into, we were both really into uh, popping and break dancing back then. Really? <laughs> that is fantastic. This was, 1980, you, this was 1983, right when the big, you know, uh, uh, breaking uh, movies were coming out. And uh, yeah, me and the mayor. We, uh, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, cancel member. I always don't know if it's cancel member, cancel man, but you said either is fine. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to. Thank you so much for, for joining the power of love. Um, there was one question that I did see that was interesting to me. So I do want to ask it real quick. Sure. Um, do, do you ever think about maybe running for a higher office uh, position, whether that's governor, if, mayor, president? You no, know, if, if it were, were to ever be, it would be something involved with this city. This is the city I live in. This is the city I raised in. This is the city that I love. This is a city where I'm raising my, you know, me and my wife are raising our two children. So it would never be to go to Sacramento or to go to Washington, D.C. If it was ever a higher office, it would be right here in the city of Los Angeles. Beautiful. All right. Well, I'm born, raised. I currently live. I, I used to live in Dallas, but I'm living in L.A. And I just want to uh -huh. thank you um, for your services, for stepping up and, and doing all you can to help all the Los Angeles people, all my family and friends get through this crisis. So well, thank, thank you, you, thank so you for having me on. 
And thank you so much for joining us. And um, everyone who's watching, thank you guys. Uh, we are going to sign off. Uh, until next week, take care of yourself, practice love, and God bless you all. Be safe.